Business Done Better by Workspin. All right. Welcome to another episode of Business Done Better by Workspin, our podcast to share valuable insights and best practices that can help your business grow and avoid costly mistakes. We're your hosts. I'm Eel Lee. And I'm John Rabel. John, today we're talking about business mistakes that can be avoided. There's a lot of them. And yeah. we try to narrow it down. And that was hard. <laughs> yeah, we tried to hit on a few of what we think are the big ones that people can avoid. And it's it's not that mistakes are necessarily a bad thing in business. And I think they happen in every business. But some of these are mistakes that just shouldn't be made, right? Wouldn't that be a good way to think about it? Like they, people have gone before you and made these mistakes so you can avoid them. Yeah, I mean, you see them everywhere. You see it all the time. And sometimes you don't even realize it's a mistake. And I think that's probably um, the biggest thing that we're talking about here is that understanding and being aware of when you're doing something, you know, that that's probably not value added whatsoever. So it may not necessarily be a mistake, but something certainly that, that you want to avoid for efficiency's sake. Yeah. Or something you've overlooked a lot of times. Exactly. And this is common. Business owners get caught up in the day-to-day and don't take a step back to look at the bigger picture very often. Yeah. And so they're just missing some things that they should be doing that would be helpful. Yeah. And it's easy to do, especially if you're an entrepreneur and or sole proprietor, or you just have a lack of resources altogether, um, where you're just juggling a lot of stuff. And sometimes you just don't realize, um, you know, what could be hurting you. So let's jump into it. What, what's one of the, what's one of the first ones that we thought about? Yeah, I think this one, the first one is over planning or overthinking business decisions. I think this has a tendency to come up from the very beginning as you're starting out with your business and can continue to be an issue, you know, all the way through as you're operating your company. I mean, when you're years into it, I think when we've seen a lot of businesses that run into this, right. They think and like overthink every single decision and it causes, it's a, a waste of time, which is one of your most valuable assets as a business owner at some point. Yeah. And, and let's face it, most business owners um, and very successful ones are, are deep thinkers. Yeah. So if you're listening to this podcast and you consider yourself a deep thinker, deep intellectual, um, very detail-oriented person, well, you could fall into this trap of over-planning and overthinking for sure. I admittedly have um, been in this boat too many times. <laughs> throughout my career. Um, and, you know, sometimes it's kind of like, I know I'm overthinking this, but I want to. <laughs> and, and, and then you have to get yourself out of that hole and kind of reset a little bit. So you don't spend the next few hours, you know, just wasting your time. Yeah, I've definitely been in this boat more times than I can count as well. I think it's an important point, though, that if you can realize that you're doing it, that's a big step in the right direction. If you know, like, Hey, I have a tendency to overthink things. You can adjust for that, I think. And all right. Hey, I don't want to overthink this. I'm going to give myself, you know, the next hour and a half to 
think about it and then I'm just going to make a decision. Yeah. Because when I you're mean, unconsciously doing it is where people get into a lot of trouble. Oh yeah, sure. Because, you know, and, and, you know, when we talked about our podcast regarding business plans, this, that's a great example because with business plans, I think we specifically said, don't overthink it. Right. Don't make it too complicated. But um, when you're, you know, conceiving a business or kind of revisiting the long-term business plan, I think some people feel, especially if they put a meeting on the calendar with other folks, other collaborators, they may put down something like, oh, this has to be a four-hour meeting. And who really mm -hmm. wants to be stuck in a four-hour meeting? I mean, unless you enjoy it. I'm not saying that you shouldn't. But, um, you know, that's, that's a spot where if you put a timetable on four hours, um, that could either help you or hurt you. It can help you if you put an agenda together and you say, you know what, we got to cover these things, right? And you set aside time. Or you could just spend four hours doing absolutely nothing and feel like putting four hours on, on the calendar is productive when it's really not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And the other thing is there's just so much information available now. It's all on your computer. And I think you can find different viewpoints for every single thing. So you're trying to make a decision about anything. Should you hire an employee? Should you get this type of technology to help your business? So you'll run the spectrum of opinions on all that. And it's easy to go down that rabbit hole of just, oh, let me read a little bit more, a little bit more. It's never ending. Yeah. And so, you know, if you find yourself stuck, and you're spinning your wheels, uh, kind of just put a placeholder down or something and, and move on. And maybe, you know, if you're going for a walk or something, it may, the answer may pop into your head, or you may get some uh, moment of clarity when you're doing something completely unrelated and, and you can revisit it, but try yeah. try to try to avoid that one for sure. Yep. I think just taking, taking action is probably the most important thing. Yes. All right. What, what's another one here? So we, another one on our list is being undercapitalized. Yeah. I think another common problem that comes up regardless of what stage your business is in, it's, it's not uncommon for businesses to start out undercapitalized. Maybe they haven't budgeted well for what their financial needs are going to be or for what their expenditures are going to need to be to get it up and running. Or when you've been up and running for a while and things may be going well, but you're looking to expand, whether you know, new product line, new service line, or geographically, whatever the case may be. And you don't take into account how much that's actually going to cost you. Yeah. I mean, not having that sort of awareness um, or foresight, um, you know, that could certainly cause some sleepless nights. And this is another one where we talked about budgeting in a, yeah. in a separate podcast. Um, and you may have, you may have the best budget on paper, but you know things change, and so you always want to make sure kind of what your cash flow looks like, what your runway looks like, and really have a good understanding of what your startup costs will be, and then padding it a little bit, right? Yep, I think the padding it is a good point. You know, things always end up costing more than you think they are. It's yeah, or, or, or you find that nice longer. shiny thing out there. You're like, oh, you know what? I think I'd rather have that instead or that service instead, right? There's always a discovery right. process. Yeah, or if you're, things end up taking longer than you thought they were, that 
the result of that is going to be that it costs you more. Right. Yeah. In the end, it will. Yeah. So I think paying particular attention to what you're going to need to get either up and running or to make the next move you're thinking about and giving yourself some cushion in order to make that work. Yeah. You got to start, I'd say pretty early. You know, if there's one thing that you're going to focus on, um, you know, early on, it should be your finances and people who have a lot of capital or a decent runway, they feel very complacent. Yeah. So if you're, if you're listening to this podcast and you say, well, I'm, I'm in a pretty good situation, that may be true, but sometimes before you know it, that capital runs out quick and you kind of have to, you should just be aware of what your expenditures are. Um, and see what sort of additional capital you may need. Whether it's whether you take out a loan, or you get more investors, or you put in some more of your own money, or just understanding what your revenue cycle looks like and your cash flows and cutting down on costs. Exactly. I think the money always goes faster than people think it will. And I to that point, right? You need to monitor these things in real time. So it's great you set out a budget for what you think something will cost. But like you said, you need to be tracking these things as you're moving forward so you can actually understand how much runway you've got left. And then what do you need to do to, to bring in more? Or you know, do you need to adjust the way you're operating to cut down on expenses, whatever? Yeah. I, and no one likes looking at those numbers, especially no. when you're starting up, right? Because you know, your, your eyes are always bigger than your wallet. And, you know, you've got a great vision, um, but capital is always an issue, but you got to tackle those, those things head on. Yeah. And a lot of times businesses think that they're going to sell services or products quicker than they do, or they overestimate how much revenue they're going to be able to bring in when they're starting out or launching something new. Yeah, agreed. And when you you look at those numbers, if that's the case, right? And you're burning through cash and you're not bringing in the revenue you budgeted for. So, you know, don't rely on your budgeted predictions. Make sure you're adjusting these things as you move through. Yeah. I mean, you, you always have to have a good plan and a good budget, but those things can always change. Um, and that actually leads us right into our, into our third point over here of not having a plan. Yeah. And we've, we've hit on the planning part in detail in another podcast, but generally I think under this one, in terms of things to avoid, you know, not having a plan can set you back. And we're not talking about some 30 page plan. That's got like a SWOT analysis and a, you know, competitive breakdown and all of those things. I think we're talking about here is like a, strategic business plan that lays out the actions you want to take over the next year and then breaks those down to weekly and monthly things you need to accomplish. So you know what you need to be doing. You're not guessing about what you should be doing with your time. Yeah, de definitely agree. Um, you know, this doesn't have to be like a full blown, you know, map of the next 10 years. Um, but, you know, as entrepreneurs sort of, um, they're always moving forward. Right. They're always leaving things in their wake. Uh, I know I do that a lot too. And I always try to come back to these things, but 
uh, kind of take a step back and say, okay, great, do I have a plan? So whatever it is that you're trying to tackle, uh, whatever goal you're trying to meet, um, making sure you kind of outline that and, and, and maybe even formalize it a little bit um, because you know, these kinds of things are pretty important. So you don't want to lose sight of some basic things that you may need to achieve that goal, which you find out later, oh my God, you know, I forgot to do this. You know, I should have thought of that. So sometimes planning um, is a big deal and it's very helpful. And of course, don't overthink it. <laughs> yeah. And I think a lot of goals are sort of um, just sitting out there and you need to walk them back to lay out the specific steps, you quantify them, you know, like to measurable things. Like if your goal is to, inc to double sales in the next year, right? That's your starting point. Now back that out. What is it that you need to be doing to do that? Is it increasing your cold calls? Is it increasing right, your marketing? Right. And yeah. then when you need to do those things and you can measure all that. And don't all of us have a million things that we want to do and a million different goals swimming around in our head. Yeah. We, we, we all do, whether it's business centric or something in your personal life. But you know, what I like to do is say, okay, I've got all these things. Let me, let me keep five alive. So I think I've mentioned that before too. You know, I love keeping sort of five things alive and getting those things done. And those are, and, and I write them down and I might need a small plan to come up with each one. Um, but I write it down somewhere. <laughs> um, I use, I love using OneNote, by the way, um, to keep organized and I can cross things off there and kind of keep moving along. So that's, that's what I, that's what I like to do. Uh, when I yeah. feel like there's so many things, I don't have a plan for something. I like to write it down. And I think a lot of times business owners, small business owners always think they've thought up the next best thing for their business. And they just hop from thing to thing without ever completing whatever goal or strategy they had in mind because they've come up with something better. And that just hampers the growth of your business. You know, you're, you've never really followed through on a lot of things and, and that planning, I think, can help you prevent some of that. And sticking to what you said about, hey, I've got these four or five things. I'm going to see these through before I move on to anything else. That is a great piece of advice. I think a lot of business owners could um, could benefit from, you know, writing down their plans, really kind of thinking it, uh, thinking it through a little bit. That's great. Um, what's our fourth one here? So this one says, th this is a good one. I like this one. Ignoring technology. Yeah, I think a lot of businesses get caught up in ignoring technology solutions that could make them more efficient and more productive because they start out using some sort of system and you know it may be that they're tracking things using excel spreadsheets because that was a cost-effective way to get started that's and then you know like let's say you're doing your finances on excel spreadsheets because it was easy to get started simple as you grow there's that's certainly no longer going to be the most effective way to manage your finances so you know don't ignore all the technology solutions out there that may really help your business run smoother yeah i agree i think uh for a lot of entrepreneurs um you know they just want to do their thing now for mm -hmm. entrepreneurs who are in the technology space 
that's a different story. They really do embrace technology. Um, but for those of us who are kind of, you know, I'd say, you know, I started my career back in the nineties, you know, not having the technology that we have today, you know, it was still cumbersome to do stuff. You know, I mean, yeah. just, just saving a file on a floppy disk, uh, <laughs> took forever and, you know, you just don't want to sit there while it was, while it was doing its thing. Um, all kinds of problems with, with email and things like that. Um, accounting software wasn't nearly as user-friendly as it, um, as it is today. So, you know, I would encourage everybody, you know, if there's something that, that is taking up a lot of your time on a day-to-day and you don't feel like it's value added for what you could be doing, right? You know, if you should be focusing on marketing and sales, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, um, but, you know, you, you find yourself kind of inundated with some, some sort of admin work, my advice would be check out the internet and see if there's some technology to actually help you with that particular thing that you're doing. Chances are there might be some technology out there developed, you know, you know around the context of AI that might be able to help you. I think you'd be surprised. Yeah. And even if it just helps you a little bit, gets you halfway there, right? That's a big win. You're still freeing up a ton of your time. And I think that Technology solutions just continue to come out to solve all sorts of problems. I think businesses would be wise to consider what all their options are around that. Yeah, I mean, uh, and a great example is, you know, scheduling meetings and things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, a lot of people just hate doing it. They're not very organized in doing it, but there's AI solutions out there that help you do it. Um, Calendly, right? That's yeah. another service that we've seen. Um, that, that we've used, uh, and that works pretty well too. Um, but, you know, of course, be careful of that one because I, I find that that one where you, you basically open up the calendar to people. <laughs> yeah. You know, now, now you could, carefully. yeah, they, they could start dictating your, your time, which is fine. Um, a nice feature to that one though, is that you can specifically, you know, just make certain places available, you know, for them. Um, but there's a lot of, a lot of technology out there nowadays that I think could be helpful that is user-friendly and won't take up 24 seven of your time uh, to figure out how to use. I think a lot of people get skittish about that. And they've become pretty cost-effective too. That's right. That's right. Especially in in the uh, subscription model that a lot of services um, have been going to, you know, I particularly like that also because you get all the updates um, and and things like that and, and support you know, I remember back in the day when, you know, you'd have to purchase a license of like Microsoft office. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, and you get version, whatever it is, 2000 or XP 2003, and you'd have to upgrade every time it would cost hundreds of dollars if not right. more on an enterprise level. The subscription based stuff is great. Right. You, you know, you pay, pay the monthly subscription per person. Um, there's even a family plan. So, you know, those, those things are really cool. Yeah, exactly. So pay attention to any technology out there that might be able to solve some of the pain points you've got with the sort of the day-to-day and the admin stuff of the business. And how about this other. one? Yeah, no, absolutely. And how about this one? Failing to outsource. Yeah. 
Absolutely. At some point, if you want to take your business to the next level, it's probably going to include bringing other people in to help you get things done. It could be employees, it could be independent contractors. You could use Fiverr or Upwork, one of those services to supplement whatever you need done. But I think there's a cap on how far anyone's going to take their business on their own. Yeah, I, I think that the services that are out there are very competitively priced as well, right? Um, I mean, I know I was pleasantly surprised, um, you know, when we were putting together WorkSpin, for example, um, and working with some of our other clients on some of the things that they needed, outsourcing to these independent contractors and services like a Fiverr, like, like you said, um, there are so many different skill sets available out there at a very cost-effective rate. I think probably the trick is trying to get comfortable um, with the folks that you'll be working with because it's all remote, right? Pretty much all, all remote and it's global as well, which is really neat because you, you get that competitive pricing. Um, but, you know, some, some people I would say um, are still sort of, well, you know, if I can't meet them, see them, whatever, you know, that that's, they get put off by that a little bit, but certainly, you know, from the pandemic, uh, working remotely has become so commonplace, and we've talked about it before in a different podcast, um, that now the services, these services, you know, it is global. You can make a list. You don't have to find someone. You don't have to be limited to your, to your backyard uh, to find resources, and I think that's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just look at some of these places. People out there offering every service you can think of and at prices that seem, you know, they never would have existed 25 years ago at rates like that. You wouldn't have had the ease of access to people to help you. So I think when you think about anything you can get off your plate that you can outsource for, you know, an affordable rate, it's worth looking into. It's just going to help your business grow. Yeah. Bookkeeping, website design, marketing, um, marketing, um, you know, someone to just transcribe notes, for example, someone to just take minutes, you know, if you, if you have board meetings and whatnot, and, and there's just no one there who, I mean, believe it or not, taking minutes takes a little bit of skill. <laughs> I, I've tried that and, and, uh, I'm not very good at it. Um, but you can even outsource that, you know, which yeah. I think is pretty cool. So, um, and, and even uh, just, just the other day, I was actually translating a document. I thought, oh, wait, do I need to, should I outsource this to someone and pay for it? Maybe not. Maybe, maybe there's something that you can use on the internet and Google translate actually did a very good job. Of course, I believe whatever it is that they printed out <laughs> and translated. Uh, but, uh, but generally speaking, you know, I need something quick and it worked. So, you know, I think outsourcing um, is a key to any small business running more efficiently. And, uh, you know, in general, I like it because it keeps a lot of people who are out there on their own working. And, and I'm all for that. Yeah, absolutely. So, so what's the next one? Yeah. Taking next. investment money just because it's there. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like a lot of, businesses are of the opinion that if someone's offering them money, they should just take it, right? It's like, hey, uh, this person 
is interested in my business and wants to invest, I'm just going to take it. It's free money. Yeah. Yeah. You and I talked about this a little bit before. I mean, it, it this there's pros and cons and I play devil's advocate because it's tempting. It's more sure. than tempting, right? With some of these other ones, it's kind of like, well, do I approach it, right? Um, should I approach technology? Should I approach outsourcing? Should I sit down and have a plan? But this one is someone says, hey, take my money and you don't have to do anything perhaps, right? It's okay, I'll take it. <laughs> but I see your point, John. I mean, there's, um, you know, you could be making a pack with the devil and not even know it. You know, I think that's probably the worst part. Right. Yeah. And I don't think there's any such thing as free money. Someone's going to want something in return for giving you that money. Um, could be some sort of control over decision-making or taking a part in decision-making. It could be what their return looks like on that investment. You know, they get a priority. Um, so I think it's a great opportunity, but make sure you're carefully scrutinizing anytime someone brings up giving you money. And all those things you mentioned, um, you know, that it may be okay to include those things um, in the investment, right? I mean, if you're, if someone's making an investment, they may want certain terms and conditions um, and more favorable terms than maybe the next guy. So just make sure you understand exactly what you're giving up in return, read the fine print and proceed with caution. Yeah, right? exactly. Just like our next, um, our next one here, expanding your business too quickly. Yeah, I think a trap some people fall into some businesses is they see some early success somewhere and assume that that's going to continue and that they should just, you know, let's expand quickly, geographically, um, hiring people, whatever the case may be. Right. I, and I think you've got to be careful assuming that some early success with a product or a service, whether that be as you just launched or that you've expanded is going to continue at that same rate. Yeah. I mean, things change. Of course, if the pandemic, um, you know, taught us anything is that, you know, certain situations that you just don't see coming. I mean, it's a game changer and you don't want to leverage yourself, um, to the point where, you know, you're, you're in financial trouble. Um, even culturally, you know, if you expand too much, I mean, having stretch marks, you can have them all over the place. And sometimes you're, you don't even know what they are until maybe it's too late. Um, but this is a spot where, you know, I think having a methodical approach to expansion um, is probably the most prudent. Yeah. And it more than just in the financial realm, right? If you're manufacturing something, and you're, you're expanding, you're going to expand rapidly. Do you have the capacity to manufacture the additional orders? What's that going to look like? Yeah. So you, that could impact customer have, service, right? And your yeah, brand, whatever exactly. it is. Like if, if you expand too quickly and don't have the internal resources around customer service and brand management to handle that, then you're going to do some serious damage to your brand and you may not be able to correct that. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is one where, um, 
again, like taking investment money just because it's there, um, you see the metrics and you say, wow, and I've, I'm all of a sudden getting flooded with orders. And you might be able to keep up with it for a while, but being aware that you may not be able to keep up with it in the near future, especially if it keeps sort of ramping up like that. You, know, you may have to shut it down. You, you may have to do something to kind of turn the dial down so you can um, meet the customer demands and delivery, uh, whether it's a service or a good. You know, one thing that comes to mind, I remember um, there was a Shark Tank episode where they, where they visit, they revisit some of the contestants that have made deals. And, you know, for those of you who, who don't watch Shark Tank, you know, the ones that make a deal, they don't always end up successful. Mm-hmm. And I love the ones where um, they revisit you know, those folks um, who haven't succeeded and why they haven't. And there was one in particular where um, this company just could not meet the demands um, of this toy product that, that they were doing, uh, that they were making. And, but they took in all the orders anyway and said, you know, we'll sort it out afterwards, right? Well, long story short, um, they had a, a supply issue, and this is a few years back, this is before the pandemic, but they had a supply issue overseas and they couldn't get things delivered in time for Christmas, right? So that, that's, that's how the story went. And it completely destroyed their brand. There were negative reviews all over the place and that was it. Uh, it was, uh, the, the company was gone within two years or something, something like that. It wasn't that long after um, they made a deal with one of the sharks, but you know, there's a lesson to be learned in that. So expansion, expanding too quickly could be very detrimental. Yeah, I think just be deliberate about it and put some thought into it. Yeah. Um, all right. Next one, not understanding the distinction between marketing and sales. I think a lot of times marketing and sales all get grouped into the same category. Companies just think oh, we need to do marketing and sales to increase sales of our product or service. And the truth behind that is probably that one of them serves your company better than the other, depending on what you're doing, what you're selling service product. I would think about what it looks like, how you're delivering that and whether or not you should put your resources more towards sales and more towards marketing. I think you'll have to do both, but I think one of them deserves more attention. I, I agree. I mean, there's, um, um, depending on your business, I mean, marketing or sales, one of them is going to probably dominate your time over the other. And sometimes you're, you're going to flip between the two. And some, some people are good at one and some folks are good at the other. So, you know, for myself, um, you know, kind of coming into, into Workspin, for example, um, you know, I probably wasn't good at both. Um, I'm probably still not good at both. <laughs> I think I'm getting better yeah. um, on, on one of them. Um, but you know, I think it takes, um, it takes skill and it takes a little bit of awareness uh, about what it is that you're doing. Is it marketing or is it sales and kind of what the goal is for each one? Yeah. And I think if you've got, let's say you have, you're selling a product, it's fair. It's, less than $10, um, you know, you sell it online, you've got low or no touch with your customers after they buy it. 
and your model dictates that you need to sell a lot of them, right? Quantity is important. That's probably going to dictate that a lot of your time and resources get pushed towards marketing. Yeah, getting it out there. You want to cover a lot of people and get it out there. Yeah. On the other hand, if you sell a service that's $600 an hour and specifically tailored to certain clients and you're going to have a lot of hands-on, a lot of touch with them during the process of providing that service, you know, that's something you probably got to sell more individualized to each client. Yeah. Cause that's also a lot of networking. I mean, you've got to get, get out there and reach out and literally touch someone and try to get a hold of them and get their attention to have a, a sales call perhaps. Yeah. Um, or something to, to review their product. Um, and you know, that's, that is more high touch, you know, it's more customized, it's more bespoke. Um, and, and, you know, some, some folks, I think are a little bit more timid about, about doing that rather than marketing where, you, you know, you may have to just put something out there on a website or, um, you know, on a billboard or something like that. But, you know, you really have to have the people skills on the sales side to close the deal as well. Yeah. People aren't likely to spend just using the example of you're selling a $600 service. People aren't going to buy that without talking to someone about it, or it's extremely unlikely that they would. If you're selling an $8 product online, you know, people are going to be comfortable buying that without ever talking to anyone. Wouldn't it be nice to, to just collect a $600 fee and not yeah. ever having to talk to a person? <laughs> saying, okay, sure. Here you go. And yeah. Give and we're off. But yeah. that, well, that kind of also goes back to the outsourcing part, right? Because, you know, that, that's where people get a little timid, timid about, about the remote situation. But, you know, th this day and age, there's a lot of different ways to communicate. So you can get comfortable with, with that person on the, on the other side, your counterparty. All right, yeah. cool. Um, for our last one, our ninth one, not starting a formal business entity. I know it sounds obvious, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But you would be surprised. I think people would be surprised. Way more businesses than you think have not formed some sort of LLC or corporation to operate under. And they're leaving themselves open to personal liability. And we've talked about this in detail in another podcast, but it's, I think, worth noting again here quickly. It's become extremely easy to start an LLC or a corporation. Uh, there's a, at this point almost no reason to not. Yeah, and and also um, to do it it's if you're easy because a business. the well, cost well, is you can go, fairly minimal. You can go online and and file one just like that. Yeah, you know, and the cost for doing it for outsourcing it to a, a small business attorney or or there are plenty of services that do it at a very very affordable cost uh, to help you with your corporate uh, books and records and filings and things like that. So. Another one that might be a little bit onerous, you think, to go ahead and do it, but it's actually pretty pretty cool. And you know, once you have it up and running, you kind of feel uh, official. And I think you know when when you when you move forward like that and having the company formed already, then you know I think people have more confidence going out there and trying to run their business. Um, in front of in front of the public, and I actually think that's a, that's that's a pretty big deal. 
right? Because a lot of entrepreneurs, they will just kind of do their thing. They'll start selling something, for example, right? Selling a thing or a service. Um, and then they get wrapped up into that. Like, oh, well, you know, it's just me. I'll, I'll, I'll do something. I'll form a company later. Um, I would say that is a mistake. Yeah, definitely. And I've seen situations where potential clients won't do business with quote unquote companies because they're not formally set up as an LLC or a company. So that does give you some legitimacy there too. Yeah. Like they do their due diligence and they find out, well, no company really, mm -hmm. no company that exists. There's no filing anywhere. There's nothing. Yeah. So this one, I think pretty straightforward. There's no reason to not do it. And the benefits from it are fairly big. Oh yeah. This was an easy one. Uh, It's an easy one to forget. And um, if you don't know which entity to form and and that's, what's kind of holding you back, we do have a podcast out there about choosing the right business entity. Um, I encourage everyone to take a a quick listen to that one too. And there's a lot of resources online where you can kind of, uh, you know, give you the pros and cons. Uh, which we've done in that podcast as well. Yep. I think that's a good rundown of some things that business owners might, you know, not, like you said, not even actively making this mistake. It's more that they've just overlooked some of this and it could really help sort of streamline some parts of their business or cut down on some inefficiencies and it's worth considering. Yeah. And I think as you kind of are aware of these things, I mean, it's just good business practice. You know, well, it, it's good practice in business and in life, right? Just to um, keep yourself sort of aware of things that might not be much value added or things you feel like could be a mistake. You know, just being aware of that is a big deal too. And I keep saying it, but um, sometimes you just don't know what you don't know. Um, and if you are aware of that, that's definitely the first step. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Well, thanks everybody. I think we've just about run out of time. Uh, thank you all for listening and please keep those comments coming, questions or just to chat, um, future episode ideas. Uh, we love those. And you can always reach us at our email addresses, eel at workspin.io. That's I L at worksman.io, john, J-O-H-N, at worksman.io. Check out our website, worksman.io, for more links to podcasts. All right, everyone. See you next time. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of Business Done Better by Workspin. And as always, we love to hear from our listeners, so please send us your topic ideas for future episodes to eel, that's I-L, at worksman.io, and john, J-O-H-N at workspin.io. See you next time.